This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. Love is in the air, everywhere I look around. It's Valentine's weekend and that means it's time to talk about love. More and more Zoomers are back on the dating scene and like everything else, it's been transformed by the internet. How to navigate? I'll be joined by matchmaker Gloria McDonald. Plus, the 2015 Canadian International Auto Show kicked off this weekend. And if you're in the market for a new ride, you need to know about all the new technologies and options available in today's vehicle. We'll talk to Dennis Derosier, master of all things automotive. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Despite the worries many Canadians have, 8 in 10 are financially on track for a fine retirement. So says a just-released survey from McKinsey Consulting, which looked at the finances of 9,000 households with people of working age and 3,000 headed by retirees. After crunching the numbers for CPP, old age security, company pension plans, RRSPs and other assets, McKinsey found that despite the perception of a retirement crisis, a majority of Canadian households are headed for a financially secure retirement. Here's something counterintuitive for Valentine's Day. Imagine checking into a romantic luxury hotel with your spouse on a Friday night and leaving divorced on Sunday. It's possible thanks to the Dutch company Divorce Hotel. The entire package costs about $5,000 and is currently available in a number of hotels in Europe and one in the U.S. The idea is to provide an affordable, amicable alternative to the traditional divorce litigation, which can cost tens of thousands of dollars and bring untold emotional turmoil. Couples leave the hotel with a legally binding agreement and divorce papers are finalized in about a week. So far, hundreds of couples have used the service in Europe, and four couples have used it in the U.S. There's no word yet on whether it is coming to Canada. Journalist Alison Gordon is being remembered as a pioneer for female sports writers. When she took over as the Blue Jays writer for the Toronto Star in 1979, there were few women on the beat. She was infamously issued press accreditation as Mr. Allison Gordon by the Baseball Writers Association of America. The organization didn't have any female-specific titles at the time. But her biggest challenge was getting access to locker rooms where all male journalists got their story. Many baseball clubs fought hard to keep her out, but she fought back, breaking down walls and paving the way for many female sports writers to come. When she retired from covering professional baseball, she turned to another form of writing, fiction. She wrote the Kate Henry series of mystery novels about a heroine sports writer who solves murders in professional baseball. Alison Gordon passed away this week at the age of 72. 
And finally, we'd like to send our congratulations to Bill Anderson, host on our sister station, The New Classical FM. This week, Bill celebrated his 50th anniversary of working in radio. Bill's broadcasting career has included virtually every type of musical format, from pop to rock to easy listening to country to classical. On Friday, there was a special celebration for him here at the Zoomerplex, including a plaque presented to Bill from the Ontario Association of Broadcasters. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Whether you want to explore your fantasy ride or you're looking to kick the tires on the most practical vehicle that suits your lifestyle, the Canadian International Auto Show is the place to do it. Zoomers are most likely to have the means to make their wish lists a reality. And I checked in with automotive guru Dennis Desrosiers for the top trends to look at. The one universal thing people of that age have is they typically have children, and it is the parents that are in charge of the children's kids. Now, you translate that into vehicle demand is number one is safety. You know, they're running around with all the grandkids, and they want very safe vehicles. And safer vehicles are bigger vehicles, unless you see a lot of SUVs and crossover vehicles. You, uh, those vehicles also put the driver way up off the ground, so the sight lines are really good. And as you get older, your sight lines are more important. There's a lot of safety technology in those vehicles, from anti-lock brakes and uh, lane-changing technologies and blind spot detectors, and there's got to be 30 or 40 others. And you see a lot of that coming into the shows. And size, you know, uh, it's not just, uh, you know, an older couple driving around alone anymore because you've got, you know, your grandkids in the back. You need vehicles that are bigger. So 60% of what consumers are buying now are light trucks. Now, SUV is the biggest category, but you would be amazed, you get outside of Toronto, how many people buy pickup trucks and big pickup trucks for their personal use. Yeah, well, those are um, people that I know that do that are people who have uh, cottages or country homes. Well, and what does a 55-plus-year-old have? You know, he's at the end of his career, he treats himself, and he treats himself, uh, you know, so they have second homes, and, and the second home has all the toys, so they need carrying capacity. You need to haul your boat or your uh, different watercraft uh, back and forth. The other trend, if you move away just from light truck, is that 55-plus-year-old, at least in Canada, is driving premium luxury vehicles through the roof. So you go to the Toronto Auto Show, you're going to see a lot of new products out of Audi, Mercedes, BMW, Porsche. Why did Porsche introduce a small little Macan? And it's targeting that marketplace. Uh, They're no longer a sports car company. They're going to be selling more SUVs this year than sports cars. Mm -hmm. And that is playing to that over 45 and over 55-year-old. You know, I've made it. I need to uh, reward myself, and I'm going to reward myself with a premium luxury vehicle. In less than a decade in Canada, the premium market, luxury market, was 3%. Now it's 10 So it's tripled in market share mm-hmm. in a decade. And is, is it all, is the old stereotype of, uh, you know, especially a guy getting older and then getting a sexy sports car, is that not happening anymore? Well, uh, the interesting thing is the number one owner or buyer of the uh, convertible sports car actually are, uh, are divorced, separated women. And so. I'm not surprised. And so perhaps they want to be seen, you know. There's an awful lot of power in the hood, and, and men get off on that. There's an awful lot of female participation in some of these segments, uh, and it would surprise many. Who makes more vehicle purchasing decisions, the men or the women? The men still. Women 
are increasingly making those decisions. Uh, most people, for instance, you ask them who the biggest group of first-time buyers are, would say teenagers and the youth. It actually is separated divorced women. And it's a huge group of, of women heading into dealerships uh, year in and year out now. And quite frankly, a lot of dealers struggle with that. They, they still don't get it in terms of understanding uh, the woman. And much of it are middle-aged and older women. It plays to your Zoomer theme and to a degree. What about uh, some of the technologies that we started to see a little bit of, you know, the driver assist technologies? Where are they at? Well, they're still in their infant stages. Uh, this whole autonomous vehicle thing is going to move it a lot forward. I personally don't think we'll ever see an autonomous vehicle, a driverless vehicle out there. Uh, we might, but first we'd have to kill all the lawyers. <laughs> you know, but, uh, uh, but the technologies that are being developed under the, the heading of autonomous vehicle are finding their way uh, into vehicles at this point. So we already have technology uh, for lane changing. You know, so if you start to migrate out of your lane, it beeps, it beeps. We already have collision technology in many vehicles. Uh, so when you start to get closer to a vehicle, it starts to beep and potentially stops the vehicle before you have a collision. The um, uh, blind spot detectors are top to bottom through the industry uh, as well. But I would, I would also argue that some of the technologies that aren't necessarily related to avoiding collision are also a part of this movement. In, like GPS system, the fact that you can dial in an address and your car will help you find it, you're no longer trying to find streets and not paying attention to traffic. You know, your GPS system is assisting you to get from point A to point B and allowing you to spend more time concentrating on the, on the road and your driving rather than looking for an address that you can't read and bad lighting and things like that. So uh, a lot of those technologies have more purpose than, than, than what they may, may appear on the surface. Are there any particular models that you're really liking this year? I don't want to identify a particular vehicle because there's a dozen, uh, and it's a long list. But you can go down and find incredible fuel efficiency now at the Toronto Auto Show and just about any size of vehicle you're looking at. They're, the fuel efficiency of pickup trucks are 20 30% better. And it doesn't matter whether you're driving a smart car, uh, compact car, subcompact car, truck, etc. And what the industry has done a really good job is addressing these kinds of social issues without taking away from what the consumer wanted, power. Okay, Dennis DeRossier, thanks so much. Call me anytime. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. The 2015 Canadian International Auto Show is on now until February 22nd at the Metro Toronto Convention Centre. Next Friday, February 20th, is Zoomer's Day. Anyone 60-plus will get in for just $11. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Weekend Review. We'll take a quick break, and then it's back with Zoomer Dating, how to find love later in life. It's Valentine's weekend and more than ever, Zoomers are finding themselves single again and looking for love. With the rise of online dating, things are very different than they were the first time around. Meanwhile, many people are going back to a very traditional way of finding a partner. I reached matchmaker Gloria McDonald in her Toronto office. Gloria, it seems to me there's a bit of a backlash against online dating. Do you agree? Yes, there is. And, you know, online dating is a tool. It's one of many tools in the tool chest, and there are pros about online dating and cons to online dating, as with anything. And some of the pros are that it's 
very inexpensive or free, and there are literally millions and millions of singles online, and the cons to online dating are that there are literally millions and millions of singles online, so you have to wade through a lot of profiles, and people can misrepresent themselves. There are no good controls in an online environment. So, you know, it's the nature of the beast. It's one of many, many tools in the toolbox. For people who are over 50, say, yes. is there anything that is particular to that age group? I mean, you know, it's sort of a truism, it's harder at that age, but is it and why? From the age of 50 to 59, there are 15 single females for every 10 single males. So that does make it more difficult for women. And as we get older, we tend to get more set in our ways. Uh, We're not as flexible as we used to be. We have very clearly defined lists of things we do and don't want. And very often those lists keep us from meeting the person who may very well be the man or woman of our dreams. Mm -hmm. What are the type of things on the list? Are they um, uh, physical things, like I need somebody tall, or are they other things? Well, for women, they tend to be three things. They want a man who's over six feet tall, and it doesn't matter if the woman's only 5'2". We've got this fairy tale thing in our heads about a man who's over six feet tall, and interestingly, uh, less than 10% of the population in North America, the male population in North America, is over six feet tall in that age range. Uh, Many women uh, that we've worked with in my matchmaking and my uh, coaching service want a man who makes over $150,000 a year or more, and um, they want a man with hair. And, <laughs> I and, really, I'm, I'm surprised by that because most women I know, that's uh, uh, bald men are fine, couldn't care less. It's the men I that know, care. But you'd be surprised. And, you know, more than 55% of men have significant hair loss by the age of 45. And yet that remain, remains on some women's what I call their picky list. <laughs> their picky list. Men that age probably are looking for a woman who's quite a bit younger. Well, some of them definitely are. Not all of them by a long shot, but some of them are. Uh, That doesn't mean that's what they always get, even though that's what they're looking for. Um, And so then that makes it even more difficult for the women in that age range. Uh, The other thing is, uh, I think especially with men on profiles, they say they want a slim woman. Um, Is that a a big factor, people who, uh, you know, don't have a perfect figure? Well, again... Unfortunately, with online dating especially, it's very much a visual medium. So if you're not catching someone's attention with your photograph, it is a challenge. You know, what I say to people is give yourself a chance. I've had so many people tell me, well, I just know in the first 30 to 60 seconds if if there's any chemistry, or I can just look at a photograph and see if there's any chemistry. And I say, well, no, you can't. Really, in 60 seconds, you cannot tell who you're going to spend the rest of your life with. So give yourself a chance. If you enjoyed yourself on the first date, maybe you're not sitting across the table from Prince Charming or, you know, Beauty or the most beautiful person on the face of the earth, but give yourself a chance to really get to know that person because, hey, we're all going to get older and we're going to get more wrinkles and we might gain a few more pounds, lose hair, whatever. So get to know who they are on the inside, and that's who you're really going to fall in love with anyway. Now, when it comes to the kind of thing you provide, matchmaking, is that a return to a more traditional thing, or is it, um, what is the advantage of that? Yes, absolutely. It's a return to a more traditional thing, and a lot of our clients have no desire to go anywhere near online dating, or they've tried online dating, and 
they found it very frustrating or they just weren't comfortable with it. The beauty of it is um, we're meeting people in their homes. We're going through an hour-and-a-half to two-hour-long interview process. We're really getting to know the people. We're doing as much screening as we possibly can for you to save you time. Our goal is to make sure that the introductions are appropriate and that the worst-case scenario, you come away from meeting someone and say, you know, that was a really interesting human being. I had a lovely time. just wasn't any chemistry there for me. When people are just getting back into the dating scene, uh, are there attitudes that they have to change? Like, what do they have to do to be ready? Well, first of all is get over your ex. (laughs) Or or if you had a a spouse that passed away, um, know that you're not going to replace that spouse because I think so often people are looking for a replacement. And um, you know, number one rule, it's trite, everybody says it all the time, but it's so true. Do not talk about your ex on you know, those first dates. But I think it's really, if you can get to a place where, you're, where you love yourself and you're comfortable with yourself, that attitude and just having uh, an open mind and being receptive to meeting a variety of different people, I think the more open you are, the better it is for you. The whole idea is really just to enjoy yourself and don't feel like this is a life-and-death situation. And if you can really go about it as you're going to have fun, you're going to meet interesting people, you're just going to be open-minded and enjoy life, that will really serve you well. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap it up. Thank you so much. Thank you. I've been speaking with Gloria McDonald, matchmaker and owner of PerfectPartners.ca. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, we'll hear one of the great love songs of the 20th century, sung by the man credited with the greatest love letter of all time. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time for your International Arts Datebook. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. In New York City, Helen Mirren stars in the acclaimed stage production of The Audience. The Academy Award-winning actress portrays Queen Elizabeth II in her weekly meetings with 12 British prime ministers over 60 years. The Audience is at the Schoenfeld Theater on West 45th Street. In Los Angeles, see Islamic Art Now, Contemporary Art of the Middle East. This exhibition features 25 artists from Iran and the Arab world at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. To London, England, where the story of Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons continues its celebrated run in the West End. Jersey Boys is at Prince Edward Theatre. And in Dubai, Perceptions of Dubai is a photographic exhibition portraying a human kaleidoscope of a vibrant city and its hidden treasures unveiled in a creative way. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. A 1994 note written by country music legend Johnny Cash to his wife, June Carter Cash, has been dubbed the greatest love letter of all time. Cash wrote the letter to his wife on her 66th birthday. It says, You still fascinate and inspire me. You influence me for the better. You're the object of my desire, the number one earthly reason for my existence. 
According to a poll in the UK, this letter beat out romantic missives from the likes of Winston Churchill, Ernest Hemingway, and the poet John Keats. Right now, we'll hear a song that June Carter Cash wrote about falling in love with her husband. Johnny Cash would go on to record his version that became a number one hit. Here is Ring of Fire. Love is a burning thing. That was Johnny Cash with Ring of Fire, a love song that was written for and about him by his wife, June Carter Cash. And that brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Weekend Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review, produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Snymer. Produced by Paul Thomas. Program director, John Bandriel. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network. Home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.